This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot on all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA Media. I wish, in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. and sickle of the Soviet Union, slashing at Hitler's military arrogance, pounding the battered remains of his encircled divisions. This is a newsreel record of what may prove to have been the turning point of the war on the Eastern Front, perhaps the turning point of the whole war, with men of the Red Army finishing off the would-be conquerors of Stalingrad, mopping up German survivors in and around Stalingrad, finally crushing every point of resistance. Lieutenant General Batov greets General Rokossovsky and Marshal Voronov. Rokossovsky, the famous Don Front commander, Voronov representing the Soviet High Command. Two of the leaders who won a victory that will not be forgotten so long as war itself is remembered. The battle is drawing to a close. Russian artillerymen fire point-blank at the last stronghold of Germany's doomed battalions. sickle of the Red Army completely broke down the enemy's will to fight, and the Russians are reaping the reward of their gigantic efforts, as at point after point, whole detachments of German troops give themselves up. Now the white flag of capitulation has taken the place of the crooked cross. The survivors of a German army of over 300,000 officers and men have had enough. And that goes for the surviving German generals, too. Here they come. Lieutenant General von Daniel, commander of the 376th Infantry Division, surrenders with what's left of his force. President Zelensky turned 45 on Wednesday and got one of his biggest birthday wishes when President Biden announced that the United States would send 31 M1 Abrams tanks 
to help with the fight. Dozens more Leopard tanks will come from Germany and other allies. Ukraine had long been pleading for such heavy weapons from the West. And this breakthrough came after what seemed to be a game of chicken between the United States and Germany to see who would offer their tanks first. Let's talk about the war and much more with today's terrific global panel. Anne-Marie Slaughter is the former director of policy planning at the State Department and joins us from Princeton. She is the president of New America. Carl Bildt is a former prime minister of Sweden and joins us from Stockholm. And Kishore Mabumani is a former top Singaporean diplomat and joins us from Singapore. Anne-Marie, what do you make of this, uh, the, the, particularly the German decision? Well, the German decision is extraordinary in just historical terms, because once again, German tanks, panzers to most of the Russians and the Europeans, will uh, be fighting Russia. They will not be rolling into Russia, or at least we certainly hope not. Um, so the, the kind of historical significance is enormous. Really, though, what's most important about this decision is political. It is signaling to Putin no, we are not going to split. We're going to maintain cohesion and we're going to amp up. So we're not scared of your threats of escalation. That's a more important signal right now than the actual military advantage. It's going to take months uh, for the Ukrainians to get them and to be able to use them. Uh, longer term, it will help Ukraine defend and actually advance against Russia. But that's going to take quite a while. So for now, it's really a very important political uh, signal that NATO is holding together. Okay, signal, not noise. It is Monday, 30 uh, January, year of our 2023. We got Cortez, Ben Burkwam, Josh Hammer from Newsweek. We're going to get into this. Um, there, that interview, remember, uh, Anne Marie Slaughter was head of policy planning at the State Department. That is, uh, it's like being, I keep talking about OMB being outside of chief of staff, the most important job in the government. Policy planning is what George. Uh, Kennan, uh, who wrote the um, the X memorandum on containment policy for the State Department after World War II, the strategy about containing the Soviet Union. It is a major power position, and she is a major power player, right there uh, talking about uh, the tanks that uh, with the with the Iron Crosses, the Leopard Twos have the Iron Crosses. In fact, if my ever crack team in Denver in here, just get a chance play some B roll. While Cortez and I talk about this. Um, the Iron Cross on tanks, underwritten by American taxpayers, are about to roll across Ukraine. She actually gets to that later in the interview with Fareed. We're going to try to cut this during the show. Uh, Steve Cortez, today, uh, 80 years ago, we had Holocaust Memorial on, on Friday, right? Well, the way that the, uh, the camps were liberated were both the American Army and, and, the, and the Red Army. 300,000, Field Marshal Paulus, right now, 80 years ago, he surrendered at Stalingrad tomorrow. Uh, a 300,000-man army that had been crushed and decimated. That is the size of Patton's army. This is just what they had outside of Stalingrad. This was the entire Patton's third army. was about 300,000 men. My point is the scale and brutality of this is, right. is uh, incomprehensible to an American audience. Steve Cortez, right now, but here's, here's what we've done. I want the audience just to ask themselves, do you remember the debate over tanks? Where was the, did we have a debate over tanks, all of a sudden tanks? And this right. tanks is to stop. They're going to they're gonna withdraw from the siege of Bakhmut because they're losing, right? And they've lost a third of, of the country, the eastern-speaking border, a Russian-speaking border. Now, uh, because of the Biden regime, the globalist, 
Uh, they got the tanks, but immediately you see the F-16s right here, my favorite, my favorite headline, right? My favorite headline is the F-16s uh, coming uh, right away to, uh, to uh, you know, Lockheed Martin's already, already going to build them without a purchase order. We're now right. going to have close air combat support because, it, ladies and gentlemen, just to understand, the narrative has gone from defend Ukraine to liberate Crimea. Mm-hmm. Steve Cortez, your thoughts and analysis of this, sir? Right. Talk about mission creep. Uh, This isn't just mission creep, right? Uh, This is an absolute catapulting forward of the mission, an acceleration. It wasn't, by the way, just the FT reporting, which was critical about Lockheed Martin, its executives, who are not dumb people, right? Knowingly uh, getting their their, uh, production ramped up in anticipation of replacing the F-16s that are going to be sent to Ukraine. Also over the weekend, Politico reported very much the same, and I'm quoting from the Politico story, a contingent of military officials is quietly pushing the Pentagon to approve sending F-16 fighter jets to Ukraine. It continues, Ukraine has kept American-made F-16s on its weapons wish list. How nice that Ukraine, that Zelensky has a weapons wish list. You know, a lot of Americans have a wish list for their life to pay their bills right now. And this is critical, Steve, because I think there's there's two aspects to this. Not only um, is it reckless and dangerous and really absurd that the United States is pretending that we have a vital U.S. national security interest in the bloodlands battle in the Black Sea, but at the same time, not only do we not have a U.S. national interest, at the same time, we cannot afford this kind of intervention. We are borrowing the money. The American taxpayer is borrowing the money to send over there to exacerbate, to massively exacerbate a conflict in which we have no strategic national interest. And you're so smart, Steve, to put this in historical context. Let's remember that this is a Slavic struggle between the Ukrainians and the Russians that has existed for time immemorial. They have been fighting for centuries over these lands, and in all likelihood, they're going to fight for centuries further. And these borders, by the way, this is also important, I mean, to put this in historical context, these borders have always been ephemeral. They have always been moving and vague and fought over, right? That is critical for us to view. Here's the the great news, Steve. The United States We have no reason to intervene. We have no reason, frankly, to care about what happens in this struggle. And I would say to those who are pro-intervention, and a lot of them have an R after their name, make the case to the American people and follow the proper procedures. Go to the U.S. Congress. We are already in a proxy war. Go to the U.S. Congress and get, if not a declaration of war, then at least a resolution, at least have the decency to make your case in the legislative body of the United States of America. Let's have a vote. Let's get on the record. Let's have this debate in the open. No, we have to have for all the constitutional conservatives uh, in the in conservative Inc. And, and particularly those that are Zelensky fanboys. How about this? How about a war powers resolution? Here, here's it. Just like I, I want to make sure. And I talked about this on John Frederick's show a little earlier. We have two things before us that are central, that are massively signal, not noise, and have to be uh, remedied now. Because we can't go forward on both of these. Number one, the debt ceiling, the debt crisis, the financial crisis, the Treasury, you know, he's going to meet on Wednesday. There's nothing to negotiate. Biden saying I'm not going to negotiate. It's got to be clean until Treasury puts forward its model of exactly where are they going? Not just between now and June when the cash is supposed to run out. I want to see that. Uh, as anybody would do in these type of restructurings, reorganizations or bankruptcies. But more importantly, walk me through a couple of years. Ha, ha, tell me, where, where, how is this uh, a sustainable? It's not. 
Because every year you're going to have a trillion to $1.5 trillion deficit that's going to have to be financed by the Federal Reserve. You're just going to have to print money. And so we need to see their model for the nation, the financial of, of, of the, uh, the financial situation of the country laid out in a mathematical model like anybody would ask for, it, number one. Number two, he all conservative, I mean, constitutional conservatives, all of you, you must demand immediately – that Joe Biden come before the nation, the Biden regime come before the nation at, at, in the House as they, and ask for a war powers resolution, right? And, and in that, he should lay out the, uh, the vital national security interests of the United States in, the, in this situation, our strategy, our objective, the interim objectives, and the amount of money it's going to take, and exactly when, and he's got to be upfront, when American combat troops, the 101st Airborne that's on the border of Romania, when are they actually going to be in the fight? Because it is impossible. This is what Mo did. This is impossible. She's the one that took the 31 tanks over there back in 14. It's impossible to put those tanks in theater into Ukraine. It's impossible to put the F-16s unless you have American logisticians. You, 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 you have maintenance. You have training. And that has to be American. If you want a spring offensive, right, if you want a spring offensive like the Wehrmacht, if you want a spring offensive and you're going to be riding shotgun with tanks that have iron crosses on it. You, the American taxpayer, just think about that. On the 80th anniversary of Stalingrad, and remember, the, the, the Bolsheviks and the communists and, and, and the KGB and the FSB are criminals. They're criminal class. They're the worst people on earth. But the Russian people were our allies, okay? The Russian people were our allies, just like Lao Beijing and the Chinese people were our allies, and they were doubled out by Mao Zedong and the criminal gangsters in the, in the CCP, and quite frankly, they weren't, the, weren't exactly choir boys over with Chiang Kai-shek. The leaders of both of those were bandits, okay, and thieves and criminals of both the Russian and the Chinese people. Without the Chinese people and without the Russian people taking the hammer blows of the Nazis and taking the hammer blows of the Imperial Japanese Army, there would have been no victory in World War II, at least in the time frame. And trust me, there have been millions more American boys and girls dead in that war. We are hurtling to – this is 1937, and right now they're doing a bait and switch. Biden, we must force Biden to come to Congress to make the case for the liberation of Crimea. Before you start a spring offensive, what do we do? This is not doubling down. This is quadrupling down. Short break. Josh Hammer, Newsweek, is going to join Cortez, Ben Burke, and myself in the war room. Will the lack of a red wave during the midterms lead to a more emboldened Biden, more wasteful government spending, higher taxes, the deepening of inflation? And how do you protect your hard-earned savings from chaotic financial markets? The answer, by diversifying your retirement savings with real physical precious metals with Birch Gold Group. Text Bannon to 989898 for a free info kit on protecting your savings with gold in a tax-sheltered account. Birch Gold has almost 20 years' experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metal IRAs. Text Bannon to 989898 and claim your free, no-obligation info kit. Don't let the left devalue your savings. Own physical gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account from Birch Gold. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau 
and thousands and thousands of satisfied customers. Text Bandon to 989898 and secure your future with gold. Do it today. Take action. Use your agency. Your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome back. Remember, um, the um, this was all about, at first, and Cortez remembers this, this was all about this, uh, the uh, self-determination. Here is their mantra. The self-determination, sovereignty, and territorial integrity of Ukraine in the Ukrainian period. Remember that, Cortez? Yeah. Of course, that, that should be the southern border of the country. We're, we're, we're interested right. in the territorial integrity, uh, of the sovereignty, and the self-determination of the citizens of the United States, and particularly you know, now that every town's a border town, uh, you know, the, po- the popular sovereignty, the sovereignty of that. Uh, but uh, we're going to get back to Anne-Marie Slaughter. We're going to get back to all this because it's very important. People don't realize, and this is where we're getting ourselves into, because most people don't truly understand the history of World War II. And it's not your fault. It's been presented as the good war. And it's, you know, Studs Terkel and, and broke out with the, the best and the, uh, the uh, greatest generation. And you can't question the valor, the valor, courage of, uh, of uh, my dad's generation, those people in the, that came up in the 1920s, 1930s and fought in, uh, in, in World War II. Um, but the, uh, but the, the, it's presented as the good war. And, and it's, it's taught in, to American kids, Pearl Harbor, Normandy, Holocaust. That's it. That's World War II. That's not, World War II was a war of annihilation. Okay, Annihilation. And from 1914 to the fall of the Berlin Wall, about 250, 200, 250 million people were, were slaughtered uh, with political violence in the bloodlands, by the way, the, what we're talking about from Poland all the way down, principally Ukraine, uh, 14 million people between 1930 and 1945, 14 million people, right, killed by political violence, not even in the war that was being fought. And that includes the 5 million that that uh, Stalin starved to death in the Ukraine, and the Ukraine being Kansas. So the people essentially in Kansas were starved to death, right? Couldn't eat the crops that they they built. There was also the Holocaust with 6 million. Principally, all the camps were in the bloodlands, and all of the the Jewish people killed essentially were Russian or Polish uh, Jews. There were some from Hungary and Germany and all that, but but, uh, all from the bloodlands. People don't understand... As World War II went on, the violence, the degradation, and the annihilation got worse. It got worse, as things often do in war. It's the law of unintended consequences, and people get their backs up, and people start to get angry, and it becomes vengeance. The original, the original goal is, is dropped, and that's what you're seeing here. Remember, this has gone in this last week. Did we have a big national debate on tanks? Once you put tanks in, you, you've, you've shifted the type of war you're fighting. Now it's combined arms, and they're talking about close air support with F-16s, right? The F-16 combat aircraft, combat patrol up above with American pilots, because these guys can't fly F-16s. It's not going to be a fly F-16s. I don't want to hear it, right? Oh, they can fly f 16 You watch. You're about to get into a offensive war to liberate Ukraine. Uh, Steve Cortez, we're bring Josh Hammer here. What, is, what are the odds? What's the over and under on uh, liberating uh, Crimea without tactical nucle- nuclear weapons, sir? It it is a zero in my view. And I say that because, look, if if you put Vladimir Putin and the Russian people in that kind of a corner, they will feel that they have no uh, other option than to go nuclear. And and here's the point, Steve. Again, the the asymmetry of this, right? In other words, it's not a balanced risk reward. 
What does Crimea mean to the United States? What is the vital U.S. national interest in retaking Crimea, a place that has now been fully in Russian hands for almost a decade and a place which, as you point out, has been fought over for many, many centuries, a place that is always in hot dispute, but thankfully is of no consequence to the United States. So this kind of escalation, this kind of acceleration, okay, it only serves the interests of the Davos set, of the defense contractors, of the Washington war machine, of the oligarchs, both in Russia as well as in Ukraine. It does not serve the interests of regular Russians, of regular Ukrainians who are suffering the most of all. And it certainly does not serve the interests of the deplorables here in the United States, who right now are borrowing mountains of money to spend on a war in which we have no U.S. national interest. And at times, in time, may well be called upon yeah. to risk the lives of our brave uh, sons and daughters in a needless, endless war, and yet another intervention from the very same people, by the way, Steve, I think this is important, the very same people, the supposed experts of the Washington Foreign Policy Establishment, who brought us through two decades of needless war all over the world, are looking to do it again. We cannot allow it. The best and the brightest. Yeah. With Iraq and Afghanistan. Let's go. I want to talk about uh, popular sovereignty. And of course, Newsweek's got this incredible op-ed page, always bringing uh, diverse opinions, both from the left and the right. Josh Hammer, the editor over there. Josh, your your piece, because uh, every now and again you write a piece also. Talk to us about this piece and about popular sovereignty, sir. Sure. So, you know, it's funny. The themes of what you and Cortez were just talking about actually directly play into the theme of this column. So what happened last week, the hook that I used to write this piece was Attorney General Steve Marshall of Alabama wrote a letter to Kevin McCarthy, basically urging him to do what he could. Admittedly, obviously, Republicans only control one of two houses in Congress. But this letter from the 16 state AGs was basically urging McCarthy to do what they could to get the Biden administration to stop trying to use the legalese of emergency footing. Because currently speaking, HHS, the FDA, CDC, all the various other kind of alphabet soup agencies that control the biomedical security state there in Washington, D.C., they're still operating as if COVID-19 is an emergency. And that has tangible ramifications for vaccine, for mandates, for mask mandates. Just a week and a half, two weeks ago, I think it was, the Biden administration announced that they were going to appeal this heroic ruling from uh, Judge Catherine Mizell here in Florida last April that put a national moratorium on the mask mandate. So finally, almost a year later, the Biden administration is now going to appeal that because of what other reason? Because it's a health emergency. And, you know, the broader theme of this column, which, you know, you saw right there in the title, progressivism versus popular sovereignty, whether it's what Cortez was just talking about, whether it's the Davos set, whether it's the jet-setting elites versus the deplorables versus kind of the national interest, whether it is happening on the international stage. I mean, you know, our mutual friend Matthew Tiermont has been on the show so many times to talk about what has happened recently in Brazil between their leftist Supreme Court and Bolsonaro. The, you know, the column that I wrote for Newsweek prior to this column was about a, um, a the judicial reform debate that is currently happening in Israel. Very similar kind of issue. You have the right-leaning populace or right-leaning government going head-to-head against a leftist, secular, liberal, elite Supreme Court. So it's the same theme everywhere. It's the same theme no matter where you look, whether it's happening domestically on the COVID front, internationally, in the Donbass region, Israel, Brazil, Poland, Hungary, you name it. And this theme is 
we the people, you know, in, the, in, in this age of populism, in this age of kind of popular sovereignty of national populism versus globalism versus the Davos lead. And, you know, Steve, you're the last person in the world I need to say this. You were obviously very prescient in kind of seeing the rise of this entire paradigm in this phenomenon. But I just chose to kind of underscore this particular COVID example just to shine a broader spotlight, especially in the aftermath of Davos. But I think you can just draw a line so easily from Davos to COVID to Ukraine. All these issues are operating on the exact same paradigm. And that, above all, is a theme that I was trying to get across. No, it's absolutely brilliant. How do how can the audience get engaged on this? I mean, this is the most engaged, you know, activist grassroots audience out there. Uh, when you say one of the things we try to do is bring those stories and those narratives from other countries so they understand this is all kind of one fight. What would be your recommendation for people, one, to learn more, but also to use their agency to fight this? Where, Josh Hammer, where, where, where would you say the little guy should start? You know, it's a great question. Look, I mean, there's any number of kind of smaller kind of upstart organizations out there. That, uh, obviously, this program is one of them. You know, I would like to think and Newsweek's opinion page, despite the fact that Newsweek is obviously a traditional media brand, we try to publish as many dissident voices um, as possible. You know, we've published Cortez many times as, as, as but one example there. So, you know, I would encourage you to go to our op-ed page, any number of then also just small organizations. So I'm also a research fellow at the Edmund Burke Foundation, which is the organization that, that puts on these national conservatism conferences. If you go to our website, nationalconservatism.org, we are constantly trying to put up good quality content, whether it's essays, podcasts, videos, speeches, all of the above, just trying to kind of show you that there is another way to kind of you know, free market fundamentalism, globalism, neoliberalism, whatever you want to call that. There basically is another example. Um, I'll give a quick shout out to Orrin Cass of American Compass as well. That's a think tank that I've been a member of basically since the day it got going almost three years ago now. That's a wonderful organization trying to kind of put the intellectual kind of meat on the bones, so to speak, when it comes to uh, onshoring, reshoring manufacturing, supply chain, semiconductors, all these kind of various other kind of, um, you know, national populist kind of issues that really matter in today's day and age, frankly. But, you know, from a grassroots perspective, how do you get out there? You know, I, the number one thing that I always tell people when I get asked this question is you got to start local. You know, it is so much easier to make an impact at a local level than at a national level. Everyone can kind of watch cable news, can watch Fox News, can shout until the sun goes down at night. But it's just so much easier to get out there, whether it means running for school board, just going to your local community center. That That is where you actually change hearts and minds. So I think I think for most people, that's a that's really the best place to start. Josh, uh, how do people uh, get to you? How do they get to the social media? And I want everybody to become an active reader of, of the Newsweek uh, op-ed section, particularly the dissident voices on the left are very powerful to also understand their arguments. Where do people go to get you and where they go to get uh, Newsweek? Yeah, so Newsweek is just newsweek.com slash opinion. I have a weekly newsletter also called The Josh Hammer Report, and my podcast there is called The Josh Hammer Show. You can find all that on the website. And then just on, on Twitter, I'm, I'm Josh underscore Hammer, and then on Getter also, Josh underscore Hammer. Josh, uh, thank you for uh, for making time to come on today. I appreciate it. Anytime, Steve. The reason we wanted to, I wanted to have that on this morning, it actually connects the dots, right, by using this emergency use authorization with the COVID of exactly what's at stake uh, in Ukraine and what's at stake in this debt ceiling. Uh, we're, I tell you what, we're going to talk about a populist uprising. First thing we're going to do, we're going to come back. we got Ben Burkwam. I got him for two things before he's got a bolt. Uh, one is about this amazing rally last night in Arizona around Cary Lake. Cortez is going to stick with me. We've also got Ben. Got some amazing footage 
from down in the uh, Darien Gap. We're going to get to all of it. Short commercial break. Ben Burkwam, Steve Cortez, after a short break in the war room. Friends, you know as well as I do, the institutions we used to trust are collapsing. When things hit the fan, and trust me, they will, you need to rely on yourself. No one else is coming to save you. That's why I've invested in emergency food from My Patriot Supply, and you should too. Right now, if you go to MyPatriotSupply.com, you'll get their new lower pricing on three-month emergency food kits. These kits give you breakfasts, lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks that average over 2,000 calories per day. Get at least one kit for each person in your family. Your alternative is to stand in long government food lines. Do you want that? Does your family want that? Now listen, time is not on your side. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and save $200 on your three-month emergency food kits while you still can. These kits are in stock, and they ship fast, and they ship free. They arrive in unmarked boxes, too, so nobody knows you have food. You'll thank your lucky stars for that when the time comes to use them. Now go to MyPatriotSupply.com while you can. That is MyPatriotSupply.com. But they had the corrupt election officials with them. That's how they win. That's how they win. Guess who else they have with them? The corrupt members of the fake news. It's terrible. So we all know there was corruption all... We all know there was corruption all across this great country. But nowhere, nowhere in the country was it more blatant and obvious than what happened right here in Maricopa County. I wish I could share every bit of testimony we have, every bit of sworn documentation that we have. So here's what we're going to do, because we're we're absolutely jammed for time, is that this rally last night was incredible. And uh, Ben Burkham's interview beforehand was incredible. Our own uh, Nicole Negrady asked a couple of great questions that they had a press gaggle like a presidential candidate. Uh, we don't have time for all of it, but we're going to put it all up so you can see all of it, including Burkwam's incredible interview. Ben, it, it, I was blown away. I knew she was going to do a rally, but it was at the beginning. It's at the, you know, it's, it's, it's in the first half of the Kansas City Chiefs, Cincinnati Bengals, you know, Mahomes versus Burrow. The whole nation's watching. And there were thousands of people. We cut it on and saw you outside beforehand. I was absolutely blown away. I said, oh, my Lord. There are thousands of people there. Ben, put us in the room. What happened last night? Yeah, it was it was incredible, Steve. I mean, you know, I've been to uh, most of her rallies that she was having pre-election. Uh, this was the biggest one I've seen. And people are fired up. And, you know, again, it was people came out there. This is all about election integrity, election sovereignty, and, and really fixing what the Democrats and the rhinos like 
uh, Bill Gates and Stephen Richer caused in Arizona. They, they, they clearly stole this election. I mean, based on the evidence, there's no question about it. And so you had, like you said, thousands, uh, hundreds, if not, uh, you know, several, a couple thousand people show up standing room only. They, the fire marshal was actually called. I don't know if that was Katie Hobbs who made the call, but the fire marshal showed up and ended up having to remove about half of the room. And then they waited outside. They actually waited outside in the dark. And then Carrie came outside afterwards to, to address them as well, because uh, she wanted to make sure everyone who showed up had a had an opportunity to speak with her. Uh, it, it's just really it's it's something you haven't seen before. It's, it's really I mean, it's it's uh, it, it's very similar to what you see with President Trump. There is a populist movement going on. The people of Arizona aren't buying the lies that the left and that the establishment, the McCain establishment are selling. They know the election was stolen and they want to get to the bottom of it. And that's where it's going. The appeals court case uh, It's going to the appeals court this week on the first. And ultimately, we still anticipate it's going to go to the Supreme Court. I just want you to reiterate that. People don't understand that these folks, this is the backbone of the country. These are hardworking, working class and middle class folks. They, they, and yeah. it's not even about Kerry Lake. They are just not prepared to have yeah. their election stolen. Is that the, is that the tenor That's of it. it that you got, Ben? Hundred hundred percent, and and as you said, it's it's not uh, just about Carrie Lake. Carrie Lake is the fighter; she's the tip of the spear in the fight in Arizona. But it's it's so much bigger than that. It's for the future of not just Arizona, but the future of this country. They realize the people that were there last night, and as you mentioned, it was the demographics was everyone. It was every color. It was both genders. It was ages from you know one years old up to ninety years old. You had everybody there saying, "We're not going to take this anymore." If they're able to do this in Arizona, America's gone. We saw it in twenty twenty. You did it to us again in 2022, but even worse, and we're not going to let this stand. And so that's what we're seeing, that, that drumbeat of uh, it, it stops here in Arizona or else, you know, again, the, the country's gone. If we don't have fair elections, we be, just become another Venezuela. And that the people of Arizona aren't going to have that. By the way, for all the, uh, the establishment Republicans, understand if you can't sort this thing out now, you have zero chance of carrying Arizona in 2024. You don't carry Arizona you're going to have more of a Biden regime or offspring or, or devil spawn of Biden regime. Ben. To that point, Steve, yeah, to that point, I mean, the, the, the people in that crowd last night, are, I would even say are more upset with the establishment Republicans than the Democrats. And we say this all the time, you know, the Democrats stab you in the front. It's the, the establishment that stabs you in the back and they're sick of it. And we saw that with the fight, uh, you know, for the RNC chair, all of these, these elite wine sipping, champagne sipping uh, elitist Republicans thinking that they know better. The people are, are fed up with it. They're fed up with establishment who, who's willing to lose if it keeps their power. That's the, that's the sad reality. Look at what happened in California uh, with the Republican Party out there. We have these party apparatus that are comfortable losing as long as they get invited to the popular parties. And the people are they're fed up with it. They want people that are willing to stand up and fight like President Trump, like Kerry Lake. Um, and that's why they're coming out and, and backing people like that. Again, it's not, they're not the, necessarily the most important point, but they really are the face of the fight. And that's why they love Kerry. That's why they love President Trump so much. In both Maine and in Arizona over the weekend at the state level, they threw out establishment, uh, uh, or basically Jeff DeWitt one who's backed by President Trump, uh, a yeah. MAGA guy. And we that's, actually that's big. had uh, the establishment thrown out big, thrown out in Maine. Hang on for one second, Ben. We're going to get back to your Reporting of Darian Gap, I want to get Cortez in there. But I want to talk about the future of the country. Can we play, if Denver could just pull, I want to play Anne-Marie Slaughter for a second, and I want to make her famous. Steve Cortez wants to make her famous. Let's roll. President Zelensky turned 45 on Wednesday and got one of his biggest birthday wishes 
When President Biden announced that the United States would send 31 M1 Abrams tanks to help with the fight. Dozens more Leopard tanks will come from Germany and other allies. Ukraine had long been pleading for such heavy weapons from the West. And this breakthrough came after what seemed to be a game of chicken between the United States and Germany to see who would offer their tanks first. Let's talk about the war and much more with today's terrific global panel. Anne-Marie Slaughter is the former director of policy planning at the State Department and joins us from Princeton. She is the president of New America. Carl Bildt is a former prime minister of Sweden and joins us from Stockholm. And Kishore Mabubani is a former top Singaporean diplomat and joins us from Singapore. Anne-Marie, what do you make of this, uh, the, the, particularly the German decision? Well, the German decision is extraordinary in just historical terms, because once again, German tanks, panzers to most of the Russians and the Europeans, will uh, be fighting Russia. They will not be rolling into Russia, or at least we certainly hope not. Um, so the, the kind of historical significance is enormous. Really, though, okay. what's most important about this. Okay, German, German panzers. Steve Cortez, this said on CNN yesterday. German Panzers right. running rolling across Ukraine, got the Iron Cross on it, and and just in Ukraine, uh, certainly we hope, we certainly hope they don't go into Russia. Right? How do you think there's? How do you think that's setting with the Russian people on uh, Good Day right. Good Day Moscow this morning? How do you think that's setting, sir? Right. Let's let's hope that they don't. Let's keep our fingers crossed that they don't roll into Russia. And by the way, uh, Emery Slaughter there was echoing what the German foreign minister said into a microphone. We are at war with Russia. Okay, that was a quote from the German foreign minister. Well, how has that worked out historically? Uh, Has that worked out well for the world? Has it worked out well for Germany? or Russia, but Anne-Marie Slaughter, she's uh, somebody who a lot of folks probably haven't heard about there, but she's in many ways sort of the crown princess of American globalism. She personifies the Washington foreign policy establishment. And her organization, I'd like to also uh, highlight here, because a lot of folks, again, if you're not sort of in the weeds on this, you might not have heard of New America Foundation, but you you can know who they are simply by, and to their credit, they do transparently put this on their website, simply by going to uh, the source of funding for New America, the place where Amory Slaughter is the CEO. And if you go through that list, these are the biggest funders of New America. These are the foundations, Ford Foundation, Rockefeller, Gates, Bloomberg, Walton of the Walmart Family Foundation, Schmidt Foundation of the founder of Google. Okay, these are the kinds of people, these are the oligarchs, and I mean for big money, by the way, these aren't $5,000 contributions. These are all well into the millions. Uh, the oligarchs are funding New America. New America, in turn, is pushing a massive escalation of this war in Ukraine and trying desperately to get the United States and its allies in NATO to directly intervene, not just indirectly, realize who these people are and what their aims are. You know, Steve, uh, I often bring up on the show, qui bono, which is a Latin phrase uh, that was that was a, a, a principle of jurisprudence in the Roman Republic in their courts, particularly. Who benefits? Qui bono. Who benefits? Who benefits from this war? It's certainly not the people of Ukraine. It's not the deplorables in the United States. It's the oligarchs. It's people with names like Gates and Walton and Ford. It's people like Anne-Marie Slaughter. It's Lockheed Martin. It's the Davos crowd. Qui bono? Who benefits? In this case, it is the globalists. It is not the taxpayer of the America of, of America. It certainly is not uh, the young Americans, the brave young Americans who wear our uniform, thousands of whom are deployed on the border of Ukraine right now 
inviting a very, very dangerous conflagration with the second most potent nuclear power in the world, Russia, over a, over a battle, over an ethnic battle that has no relevance to the United States. That's the reality here. But it's, it's important for us to know who these people are, what their motivations are, what their incentives are, and what the funding is most of all. By the way, they're not on the border. The Hunter First is not on the border of the southern United States. Can we play the pact? I want to bring Ben Burkwam in for Cortez's favorite topic, the invasion of our country, a border that is in the vital national security interest of the United States of America. That's the southern border of our own beloved nation. Let's play Burkwam's package from, uh, from Darien Gap. Uh, this is a fake advertising yeah. uh, for the Democrats. You don't show this, Kamala Harris. Uh, you don't show the kids walking through the jungle. Alejandro Mayorkas, you don't show that. Joe Biden, your borders are not closed. Uh, they're still open, people are going. So uh, we're here to shut your mouth, tell you, get to work, protect your country, start doing things right. Real America's Voice News, bringing you the real news on our way to Panama from Colombia. just made it up this first first big hill down behind me and you can just see the people struggling you've got moms with kids there's ladies in their 80s that are coming across this way you got infants one-year-old and under and we're on day one these people are it may take them six seven sometimes 20 days it's unbelievable. This is what the Democrats are inviting. They, they say, oh, it's easy. You have a right to go anywhere you want. They don't tell them that you may die in the jungle. These people are not, not prepared for what they're walking into. And they're going to try to take that baby 60 miles through this on top of potentially getting molested, robbed, child abuse. This poor girl back there is already passing out. We're two hours into a six-day journey. They don't know what they're getting into. They really don't. They're trying to push her. You can barely walk. We made it to the top of the mountain. There's still another hour to go down, but this stuff is no joke. And this is literally the first two hours of the first day for these people that are making the journey across the Darien. And as we're heading down the mountain, you've got another group coming up hour after hour, day after day, Not, nonstop. Non-stop. We just came back down, two hours back down, and this is just the tip of the iceberg for these people. The people at the back there that are already falling behind, absolute nightmare. It's, it's a death sentence for many. Cortez, 300,000 across uh, our border in the month of December alone, sir. That's as much as the uh, Field Marshal uh, Paulus surrendered to the Russians tomorrow 80 years ago and it's the size of uh of uh, Patton's third army 
Yes or no, sir. We're going to hold you through the break. Is that a national security issue for the United States of America we just saw? Yes, of course. Of course. Steve Cortez, Ben Burkwam, after the break, about what is really in America's interest and where it is in our interest. Next, in the war room. In Joe Biden's America, criminals are exalted and the police are condemned. Sad to say, but you need to be prepared and properly trained to defend yourself and to defend your family. Thankfully, there's iTarget Pro. This revolutionary system allows you to dry fire practice with your actual firearm anytime in the safety and privacy of your own home. No more inconvenient trips to the range and with inflation causing the price of ammo to skyrocket, you save a ton of money. Just download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into your firearm, and start your training experience. iTarget will help you develop muscle memory, sharpen target reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger function, and more. iTarget Pro comes in all the major calibers, so you can stay sharp with almost any firearm. Go to iTargetPro.com right now and save 10% plus. Get free shipping with the offer code Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N. All one word. This makes a great gift for Father's Day and is less expensive than a few hours at the range. That's the letter itargetpro.com. That's itargetpro.com. Offer code Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N. The new social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want the way you want. Download now. Okay, over the weekend, we were up on Getter watching the uh, with, for, with uh, everything with President Trump, and we also had the great Carrie Lake, Ben Burkwam, all of it. Also, I want to make sure the audience, don't, we, we, I, have, I expressed them a little bit on John Fredericks today. There's a lot to talk about about the RNC. So just take, I understand you guys are still worked up. Whatever you do, don't send them any money. Just take a sh- deep breath. There's going to be a program and a plan for all of it. Just, just take a deep breath for what happened in Maine. What happened in Arizona are quite important to taking back these state parties, the precinct strategy, all of it. Uh, let me, Berquan, what did we just see before we went to break? Tell us about what that part of the uh, Darien Gap was. That was actually, uh, it's really a significant part of our trip when we were down there. We were on the Columbia side. This was about four days before we did the entire trek across the Darien Gap. And we were basically just testing the waters. We uh, went out with a group of illegal migrants. And you could see all those people wearing the orange vests. Those are basically smugglers who offer their services to the uh, illegals that are going across. And for a fee, they will carry their bags for certain periods of this. Uh, By the time, they're basically with them for the first day. And then they bounce and let these people just ultimately end up wandering through the jungle in many cases to get to where they're going. This was prior to Centerfront, the the special forces of Border Patrol for Panama, uh, inviting us, escorting us across the entire Darien Gap. And what that shows you is just the brutality and the total... Uh, lack of understanding of what the people are getting themselves into. We we walked that, and it's, I mean, I was, by the end of that day, I was dead. I was beat, I was exhausted, and I'm a fit guy, and, and I'm watching these women and children just, you know, struggle up this these mountains 
uh, having no clue what they're walking into. And, and this was right after we had been with the United Nations as they're handing out condoms and birth control to these women that are heading into these mountains, knowing that they're going to be raped. I mean, it's such a disaster. It's hard to comprehend uh, t- unless you're actually there witnessing it with your own eyes. Ben, how do people get to you in all this inf- insane footage? It's amazing. Plus the interview last night with Carrie Lake. Where do people go to get all of it? All the social media is at Ben Burkwam. Last name is B-E-R-G-Q-U-A-M and Real America's Voice News. Again, we're just touching the tip of the iceberg. We still have so much content that's coming out of this trip. It's America's Voice dot news. You got to download the app. That's where you get all of this content. And then I've got some stories. Uh, the great Kerry Donovan writing stories for me at FrontlineAmerica.com. So on all those places, you'll be able to find it. And again, this is the first of many trips. Uh, we've got a few things planned coming down the road that are just going to shock people. And really, to, to the most important thing on all of this is expose the fraudulent media that is is, is a huge part of pushing this yeah. invasion of our southern border and the death of these people. By the way, Carrie Donovan is a true warrior. That is a warrior right there. Uh, glad to know she's she's writing these things up. I also want to give a shout-out to Rob Sig and the Real America's Voice team. What yes, news organization in the world would have a team of investigative reporters on this perilous journey in the Darien Gap and then have Ben Burkwine fly back and Amanda Head do amazing coverage? <laughs> the coverage of the Carrie Lake thing was, was huge, and it was a major news story because it shows you the driver of the thing, and, of course, Fox or another mainstream media – even cover it, but that shows you the the reach and the scale of Real America's Voice. Uh, ben, thank you so much, yes, and, sir. Uh, and uh, it, it's God's grace that you're back in one piece with uh, with Oscar Blue and the Michael Young, the entire team, Chuck Holton. Thank you, brother. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Cortez, we're going to play your chalk talk and second title all together. But I just got, just on the surface of it, the Eastern speaking, the Russian speaking Eastern border of Ukraine, which by the way they control now, one hundred percent. And Crimea, people should understand the Crimean War, 1853 to 1856, British and the Ottoman Turks versus the Russians at Sebastopol, Yalta, all of it. Uh, the Americans knew this thing was going to be so bloody, they sent an observer. That would be George McClellan as a young officer went over to, to understand, to figure out the scale and brutality of that war. Steve Cortez, compare that to what you just saw coming up to the United States via the Darien Gap. Right. Now, the, the, the contrast, of course, is stark and it reveals what should be our priority which is the lawless and porous and really effectively open southern border of the United States. And Steve, as a citizen of this great republic, my first concern always is America first. But it's also important for us to realize uh, what we are inflicted, the damage that this policy is inflicting upon Latin America. And Ben Burkman was doing amazing reporting there from my ancestral homeland of Colombia. Um, and look at the misery that we are inviting upon Mexico, Central America, and all the way into South America. Colombia is a country, unfortunately, that is really trending in the wrong direction right now, largely its own doing. It just elected a hyper-leftist leader in Petro, but they have double-digit inflation. They now have a migrant crisis, particularly from Venezuela, but largely caused because Joe Biden insists on incentivizing and inviting in you know, untold masses of trespassers into the United States. So realize that the, the domino effect of that policy extends all the way into Latin America. There's not, the left wants us to believe that there's something compassionate about an open border. There's nothing compassionate about it, okay? And an area, by the way, there's never a power vacuum that lasts for very long. When legitimate law enforcement pulls out and stops enforcing borders, 
There will be enforcement. The enforcement is simply uh, by extra governmental organizations, in this case, cartels, some of the worst, most dangerous, and now best funded cartels in the entire planet. I don't think we can emphasize that part of this uh, equation enough. How much money, because of Joe Biden, has been transferred in the last two years to the cartels of Latin America, particularly the Mexican cartel, Mexican cartels, who are now effectively in control of the southern border and in many ways threatening the legitimate government of Mexico. If Mexico becomes a full-on narco state, something that Colombia teetered with back in the 1980s, imagine the ramifications for the United States if we have that right on our border. Those are the kinds of risks we are taking with this unmerciful and ludicrous policy of inviting mass trespassing into the United States. We're going to start. We're going to take a, a commercial break, ninety seconds, and when we come back, we got Michael and Dover. We're going to keep. Uh, we're going to keep Steve Cortez uh, for a second because Steve Cortez got a chalk talk that's going to tie a lot together. But um, is there any question, sir, in your mind? And this is why we got forced Biden to come with a war powers resolution declaration. Is anything in in Ukraine in the vital national security interest of the United States, Steve Cortez? No, absolutely not. And and if they believe it is. Make the case. Make your case to the American people. Convince Make the us. case. And let's have a vote. And let's record that vote so we know who voted for what when. Sure, we're not going to let this be Vietnam or Iraq or Afghanistan. We're not going to sleepwalk into this. Not as long as the war room's around. Cortez, Mike Lindell, next in the war room, 90 seconds. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplug Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Folks, let me tell you about Soul Tea. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67% and do it again. WARROOM Health, all one word, WARROOMHealth.com. Go there today. 
You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.